Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ, and Merry Christmas season. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing the podcast. Can't wait to talk about Scientology, the so-called, quote, church, with today's guest, James Walker of Watchmen.org, Watchmen Fellowship. Um, we have a little bit of business to discuss. Uh, over the weekend, we were in contact with MailChimp. Now, this is the newest development in the censorship of our podcast and program. So we got an email on Friday, I believe, saying your MailChimp account has been suspended for violating our standard terms of use and acceptable use policy. And uh, Crash over the weekend asked them a question, sent them a message. So could you explain what policy we violated? And so I guess they did not answer specifically in their response. But what happened was every Friday, our we don't have a newsletter, but we call it a podcast recap from the week. They're all in one email. It's the only thing we ever send out, one email every Friday. And that was that did not go out last Friday because they suspended our account. So uh, it looks like they're maybe reinstating us. Nice of them, right? Um, for no known violation that we are aware of, but it's because of our Christian content. So we, we got flagged somehow. Now, Spotify. <clears throat> Spotify sent us a notification on December 1st. Yes, that would be weeks ago, December 1st, and uh, said our c- account is under review. So they took us off Spotify. They shut us down. We haven't heard anything. Uh, we're assuming that we will not be on Spotify anymore. That's what we're assuming, but we could be wrong. Maybe they'll... Get back to us someday and say, oh, wow, something was overlooked, and here you go. You can now um, use our platform. So Spotify, we may be out. As you know, Facebook has shadow banned Stand Up For The Truth podcast since 2018. And just we have, I think, 26,000, 27,000 friends, followers, fans, whatever you want to call it on Facebook. But the average podcast, we post every day, we post a podcast. The average podcast gets maybe two or three, maybe five likes, maybe uh, something, very very rarely a comment or a share. What does that mean? That means we are able to put it up there, but it doesn't make it to your news feed if you follow us on social media. So these are just some of the issues we want you to keep in prayer. It is spiritual warfare. God somehow continues to get us out there. He is providing for us, and that it's really amazing. So we trust him no matter what. Just wanted to give you that quick update. Now, let's get into the topic today. Um, first of all, I want to bring in James Walker, president of Watchmen Fellowship. He's a former fourth-generation Mormon, over 25 years of ministry experience in the field of Christian evangelism, apologetics, interfaith evangelism, a great ministry, and uh, he's been blessed to be able to expose some of these cults on network television programs, including Nightline, uh, World News Tonight, and others. So today we're going to discuss the cult of Scientology. It's really a business operating under the cover of religion, and we're going to explain how it has a 501c3 uh, nonprofit status with the IRS. James Walker, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth. 
Hey, David, great to be back with you guys. Hey, thanks, James, for your time. And by the way, friends, I want to point out a phenomenal interview that James recently did with a high-ranking, former high-ranking Scientologist, Mike Rinder. A two-part interview over there. You can watch it on the YouTube channel. Um, and it, it's just amazing. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. Mike Rinder exposed more secrets in a book he's got called A Billion Years. We're going to explain what a billion years means uh, when we get to that. But first of all, James, an update on Watchman Fellowship in the last year or so. Uh, just tell us some of the things you've been working on. Well, with the pandemic, kind of things changed a lot. A good portion of our ministry is based on speaking in churches, colleges, seminaries around the country, and uh, that kind of went away. It's coming back now. Uh, but uh, we put a lot of emphasis on podcasting. We've got two uh, podcasts now: uh, Good Heavens, and then uh, which focuses a lot on science and cosmology. Uh, and then we have the Apologetics Profile which is uh, deals with mostly religions, new religious movements, cults, the occult, controversial doctrines, practices, spiritual leaders, and that's a weekly. And so, as you well know, as a, as a daily, <laughs> that, it, that keeps you pretty busy. Yep, it does. And I can imagine uh, just with some of the content that you are digging into and some of the things you've researched through the years, um, just what a blessing it is to know, but as the Bible says, uh, with much wisdom comes grief. <laughs> so it, it's heavy. Some of what we find out, James, is, is heavy when we talk about how people fall for deception, religious, quote-unquote, um, teachings or the philosophies of the world, especially Scientology. And we've heard all the stories of Tom Cruise, John Travolta, other Hollywood celebrities I want to go back to Leah Remini. Here's my introduction to Scientology. I knew the basics that, uh, you know, I, it was a cult and it was not comparable to Christianity, um, not compatible. Uh, but I watched this program uh, many years, several years ago that she did. It was on A&E. It was a docuseries, Leah Remini, Scientology in the Aftermath. At that time, I was writing a new book at that time called Redefining Truth. And I, the third section of that book is on cults and world religions and just contrasting the difference between the world religions, what they believe, and then Christianity, much of the work that you do. But I didn't plan on putting in Scientology. And here I'm watching this program, and I watched several episodes, many episodes, and you get drawn into this because these are heartbreaking stories of people escaping Scientology. You hear about some of the treatment of the people and the brainwashing and one of the first questions I asked myself, James Walker, how do people believe this? How do people fall for this? So can, let's just start right there. Yeah, and one of the big misconceptions that you pick up, and, uh, you know, mostly like the news media, you know, <clears throat> we were heavily involved with the Branch Davidian 90 miles south of our office mm -hmm. with, that, with that situation and others, is this misconception that the people that involved uh, that are involved in cults have been deceived that they're probably not well educated kind of uh, uh, a nominal a nominal education not too bright <laughs> is the implication on yeah. that but but really it, it's the opposite it, it, you you find you know college educated graduate school um, the people that uh, are, are very very sincere and and what there are certain like almost formulas that that can cults can use to try to control 
the situation. One of them is called milieu control. And so Leah Remini, when she was a Scientologist and, and everybody pretty much in the organization today, they can't watch television to find out what's happening in, in the news with Scientology. So the environment's control, controlled and, and the amount of information that you get, uh, is, is carefully, um, uh, crafted, carefully controlled so that you don't have to deal with that kind of information. And you have this with almost any, you know, my, my background in Mormonism, there's a little bit of that, too. Anything that was critical of the church, I was taught was, quote-unquote, anti-Mormon literature. And so it was it was default wrong and mm. false just because of what it was trying to do. And so I wouldn't look at it, and if I did come across by accident, I instantly dismissed it as being false because... I know the church is true. So you find that wow. even more so in, 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 in groups like the Church of Scientology. And so, uh, you know, we, we, Watchman Fellowship, you know, we believe in freedom of religion. We don't want to forbid anybody from being a part of any religion that they want to be a part of, but we believe in informed consent. You should have access to all the information before making important spiritual decisions like this. And, and the, the, the cults are carefully controlling the environment of what you're able to look at and see. Boy, that's so true. And I, I want to focus on one thing uh, of what you were talking about just now and how people must have this, when they first are introduced to this, whatever religion or cult it is, we're talking about the Church of Scientology today, there must be a time of programming, we might want to call it brainwashing or whatever it is, it's educating on their philosophy to the point that when they do hear these objections, and whether they're true or not, they dismiss them, as you just explained. Because there are some things that are just almost, for the average person looking at this, it's almost impossible to think that people would believe this. So explain how that works. For example, uh, an actor and actress, they're living out in the world. they got their big mansions. They're out. They're not in some sort of prison or camp or you know, walled complex, they're out in the world, and yet they could they could hear all this information and they could get the truth about Scientology, but if they do hear it, they dismiss it. There's something deeper that goes into that, isn't there? Yeah, and there's levels of involvement. And so okay. there's three ways to be a Scientologist. And so, um, you know, the best way is to be a celebrity. Mm. If, you're, if you're invited to the Celebrity Center and you come in, you know, not even just as a major uh, movie star or celebrity like, you know, Tom Cruise or John Travolta, as you come in in that genre, you're, the, the red carpet's rolled out, you're treated, um, you know, like a king or queen, and it's a, um, you, you know, it, it, you get the royal treatment. But the average person doesn't get exposed to Scientology that way. They're going to have one of two types. You can be a public Scientologist, which means you're a private citizen, that simply buys courses and gets involved with uh, going what they call co- going clear when, when they uh, go through Scientology, uh, they call auditing, which is kind of like um, uh, programs in which you get uh, counseling uh, through, which is very expensive, by the way. And then once you get clear, the, the, the private Scientologist then is to go 
what they call the bridge to total freedom, which can be very expensive. So it's like it's like um, one example would be uh, I think a Time magazine said that to go all the way to OTA, which is the top level of op- of operating Satan, can cost uh, in excess of three hundred thousand dollars for the average Scientologist to pay for those courses, and and today is probably much more expensive than that. The, the other way, though, which is the deepest level of Scientology, is to be able to get the auditing for free, but mm-hmm. you have to sign the billion-year contract, and you go into what they call the C organization or C org, uh, and you when you join that, you get um, you actually it's, it's like being in the military. You you uh, wear a uniform. You are working at one of the bases. Uh, like uh, Flag in Clearwater, Florida, for example, mm-hmm. and you get free access to all of the count, uh, all of the um, expensive courses uh, and auditing. But uh, you serve the church, uh, the contract that you must sign for this life and multiple future lives for one billion years, and you get room and board and uh, maybe a few dollars for personal expenses, but it's uh, you, you join that way, and that is the most control of the environment. You're not most most Sea Org members aren't allowed to have cell phones, wow. uh, access to the internet, uh, unfiltered, uh, and and you're totally controlled, and you're you're working you know, 50, 60 or more hours a week and, and just totally involved in that. So they don't ever see Leah Remini's program, Scientology in the Aftermath. Mm-hmm. They don't have time, and if they did happen upon it somehow, they don't have televisions, but if they did come across it, they would, they're just trained to instantly recognize that as that Leah Remini has become what they call an SP or suppressive person. Because she left. It, because yep. she left, yep. right, and she there's no the honorable way out of it. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just decide to leave. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's very easy if you're critical in public, critical of the organization at all. You get what they call declared suppressive, and once you're declared suppressive, you're no longer allowed to talk with anyone in the organization, including family members. And so you lose your friends, you lose all your family, they can't have any contact with you. It's, it's kind of like Jehovah's Witness shunning. And uh, th- th- this is something that Leah and uh, Leah Remini and also uh, Mike Render did a great job of exposing this element of Scientology control on, on, the, uh, uh, on the, uh, the, the A&E show. Uh, Scientology in the aftermath. Yes, it really drew me in and made me think, okay, it, a lot of people can be deceived by this, and it was another thing to write about. As you, you know, God uh, said, we, we've got to be more discerning about these things. Let's help inform people. Let's get the truth out there. I want to go back. You, you mentioned so many things, James, in just the last couple minutes from uh, the Sea Org to uh, um, the the Thetan, T-H-E-T-A-N, kind of sounds like Satan, but it's Thetan, and going clear. So I think we need to define the terms. Uh, you also mentioned Clearwater, Florida, uh, which doesn't Scientology practically own that city? Well, they'd like to. I mean, they, they own a, a good portion of the downtown, and there, there there has been an ongoing conflict with the non-Scientology Scientologist and Scientology uh, over over that for decades now. 
Okay, let's go back to a billion years. All right, and now we're referring to the book that Mike Rinder wrote. But what we're thinking, okay, so much for the young earth, right? The, the, the Genesis account in creation, a billion years. So people have to believe that there is no God, there is no creator, right, To in order, in order to go down this path of signing a contract for a billion years. Can you explain that? Yeah, they don't like to use the word reincarnation, but basically they do believe in what they would call past lives and future lives. And so when you're going clear, uh, they, they use these electronic devices called e-meters, and they put you in this counseling session where they're trying to find triggers in your past of uh, psychosomatic events or pain, pain points that have caused what they call engrams in your re- reactive mind. It's complicated. But bottom line is, even when they clear you of, of, of all these negative things in your life, there are also engrams from past lives that have to be uncovered and cleared. Wow. And so uh, they, they will take you through auditing to try to find out, you know, the, the e-meter says, you know, the needle's moving and, and registering. This is a real event that happened, but it was not in this life. And then they have to, wow. to clear that. And so the, the idea is the Thetan, which is the kind of like the soul in, in Christian thinking. It's the immaterial part of people that are that is eternal, that continues to exist. That the Thetan is going to live future lives as well, and so you, you're signing the contract saying that you are pledged to to um, to serve humanity through the um, the goals of Scientology for future lives, you know, for one billion years. So, for the average Scientologist, it's not a celebrity. Uh, they're they're in this process. You you explained what I believe that they refer to as auditing the this process mm-hmm. um, going clear. What what would be would that be one of the main goals for a daily life? Like here, I, we need to go clear. Is that one of the main goals of going? Well, yeah, clear? that used to be the goal initially when Dianetics first came out. You, you you once you clear all those engrams, you've made it. But but what happened later is Hubbard said that. Uh, that actually when you go clear, you're even in more danger now, and you learn that there's this upper-level course, very expensive courses you have to do called Operating Thetan, and this is what they, they they label the bridge to total freedom, and that's the real expensive, a lot of what's, what's called solo auditing, and it's very secretive. In fact, we, we were threatened with another lawsuit by the Church of Scientology uh, when they, they thought that we were leaking copies of some of the operating Satan secret scriptures uh, on the Internet. We weren't doing it, but they, they assumed we were and, and threatened us with a lawsuit because the, nobody's supposed to see this. It's mm. very secretive, but, but copies of it have gotten out, have been leaked, and especially the controversial OT3 uh, which, um, I mean, they, ha- they have sued major uh, newspapers and magazines for just simply publishing three lines from, wow. uh, from the OT3, uh, uh, Level 3 uh, documents. So, uh, yeah, that, that, but this is, this is where some of the uh, controversial creation story of Scientology comes from, and you don't get that until you've already been cleared and you're well along the bridge to total freedom mm. and have invested 
you know, in some cases, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars towards your spiritual growth. Wow, we're speaking with James Walker of Watchmen Fellowship, watchmen.org. When we'll come back, we're going to talk about the church being resembling a religious mafia, really, and also go back to L. Ron Hubbard and the book Dianetics. He was a science fiction writer. We'll talk more about that when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest is James Walker, and we're going through what is really, to me, a a, a fascinating... um, I I don't want to call it a religion, but it's a business... It, uh, it's a psychology, it's a fiction masquerading as a religion, and it all goes back to L. Ron Hubbard, and it's his religion. In fact, I heard Mike Rinder, uh, James, in your interview say what, what he has also written in the past, saying that it's the word of Hubbard, and we, we look at the word of God as inspired. Well, to a Scientologist, the word of L. Ron Hubbard is authoritative. Before we get to the book, can you comment on that? Oh yeah, it, it, it is. It is definitely. You, there are parallels. How important it is for them to get the actual exact wording that Hubbard used from this maybe 1972 recording, and they're going back to make sure that they spelled everything right and got it exactly right. They they have they have um, preserved the writings engraved in on uh, gold records uh, buried on some the side of some mountain in New Mexico or something where they're. It can survive nuclear attack. So it, even if the world's destroyed, somehow the technology of L. Ron Hubbard will be preserved. And it is like to them the Word of God. Wow. So on the, he wrote fiction, uh, science fiction books on the cover of his book, Dianetics. And that's where Scientology and the teachings and the philosophy and the psychology behind this, that's where this comes from. The, the subtitle is The Modern Science of mental health. It's not a religion in back then. But Hubbard wrote this, and on the cover is a volcano, an exploding volcano. This is the image on the cover referring to the story of Xenu, X-E-N-U, which is an ancient dictator of a galactic confederacy. And if I have my details right, James, uh, 75 million years ago, Xenu brought billions of people to Earth and placed them around volcanoes, blowing them up with hydrogen bombs, therefore uh, releasing thetans, T-H-E-T-A-N-S, the immortal spirits or souls of these aliens. Can you elaborate or correct anything I just shared? <laughs> Probably not, because okay. <laughs> I, I've been already sued uh, by Church of Scientology several times for talking about uh, talking about and threatened with lawsuits. Wow. But, uh, but I will anyway. Uh, <laughs> bottom line is... Bottom line is most Scientologists don't even know what you just said hmm. because this is the secret level of Scientology, the upper level, operating fate and bridge to total freedom, level three that you're quoting from. And so that is uh, most Scientologists have not seen this information. Hmm. And, and the church has even claimed that the, the word Xenu and the information that you just shared, what, the, what they initially were telling me in one of the threat, threats, was that it was not only copyright, copyright, it was also a trade secret. It was illegal for me even to know the information, even if I didn't try to disseminate it. 
Wow. And so uh, the, the, the theory was initially was if you heard this information without the proper Scientology training, it could harm or kill you. And so they, that this is why it was so important for them to stop this information from getting on the Internet. Uh, you're not prepared to say, now, of course, my joke was maybe they were right because when I first read it, I almost died laughing. <laughs> but because you don't, it almost sounds like it can't be true because it's so weird. Yeah, you know, your first reaction when you read it is, "Well, this can't really be Scientology information." It, well, they acknowledge in in the lawsuit that it really was. Mm. It, that is their their scriptures. That is their high level teaching, and it explains kind of a creation account or why why the Earth got populated, how it got populated with these criminal aliens wow. who were blown up by hydrogen bomb. And again, it, it sounds again okay. This was what you would expect from a science fiction writer who had spaceships that looked like DC eight airplanes, except with rocket engines, hmm. dropping hydrogen bombs uh, on on Hawaiian volcanoes, and again. The average Scientologist has no idea that there may be some connection between the volcano on the cover of Dianetics with this story of Xenu and OT3, which they've never seen and, and probably won't see. Most Scientologists never get to this level. But, yeah, that's that's uh, almost certainly where the story comes from. Uh, it is secret uh, and, um, and and even quoting small portions of that is enough to, to uh, generate lawsuits from the church's legal department. So they don't want this to get out. The people just being introduced to Scientology have no idea about this. So let's, let's talk about underlying beliefs. And I'm going to quote gotquestions.org. Uh, it says, Dianetics is the claim that each person's painful past experience uh, create a lasting impression termed an engram, which James talked about in the first segment, on that person's reactive or subconscious mind. According to Dianetics, these engrams are the root cause of various diseases, conditions, uh, neuroses, and injuries. According to Scientology, the list uh, caused by engrams includes deficient vision, sexual problems, allergies, joint pain, headaches, and so forth. Engrams are also blamed for psychological disorders from depression to violence. And quote. So James Walker, it seems like um, they're they're offering a solution to any th- problem we could have in life. Are they not? Yeah, it's it's not just mental health, which it initially was billed at, but even physical. Mm-hmm. Many, if not most, physical ailments are, have their roots in these engrams. Now, that one of the examples that they'll use in their promotional uh, videos and things is, let's say that a person uh, eats uh, spoiled eggs and it makes you real sick. Okay, so that lays down an engram, uh, especially if it involves some kind of. Uh, being unconscious at the time. But so what happens is later on, you know, 10 years later, somebody mentions eggs and you feel this queasiness in your stomach. Well, you, there's no, there's no eggs, there's no bad eggs in your stomach, but just the thought of that brings up the memory and triggers this event. And so they say, this is what an engram is, except it's so common. And you may have thousands of engrams that need to be cleared through Scientology auditing or counseling using mm-hmm. these e-meters that can help um, discover these engrams. So that, that's the root of most of the, the, the treatment of Scientology. So Christianity would say that human's biggest problem is sin, that we've, that we've uh, broken the law of a holy, righteous God, mm-hmm. and that the solution for that is forgiveness of sin through 
the, the uh, gospel of Jesus Christ. In Scientology, it's past actions in this life or previous lives that need to be dealt with through a therapy uh, called auditing. And do I remember correctly, uh, Leah Remini and Mike Rinder were talking about how they can use these auditing sessions to uh, to blackmail people because they uh, they open up people open up in these sessions. Uh, is that correct? Yeah. Now, see uh, what a what an e meter is. Uh, it, it, it is it, it measures the resi- electrical resistance in your skin, mm-hmm. and it's a graph, a, a needle, which is one of the one of the in a polygraph, a lie detector. This is one of the graphs of a polygraph, and so when they hook you up on that, they not only can supposedly uncover past uh, events that caused engrams, but they also do it use them for what they call security checks or sec checks, and they put you on the meter and they interrogate you, mm-hmm. and they're watching that needle to determine if there's any negative thoughts you've had against Scientology or the leader of Scientology, David Miscavige, and they will use that to uncover what they call withholds, which is kind of like sins against the Church of Scientology. And and so, yeah, it, it it's very invasive, very, um, you know, people that have gone through hours and hours of sex checking and, and describe the horror of that experience. So Craig Branch over on your website uh, writes that Scientology has a long history of fraud, deception, abusing members, both financially and spiritually, harassing critics. Uh, they claim to be an applied religious philosophy. And um, yet here we are there. They, they are more like they operate more like a business and they have a nonprofit status. Now we've, I've read a lot about how they, and Mike Rinder has talked about how they intimidated the IRS, if you can believe that. A lot of people that don't know anything about this are going, well, how do you intimidate the IRS? Usually it's the other way around. But can you tell us about Fair Game and the $9.5 million lawsuit that was against your organization, Watchman Fellowship? Yeah, the, the Church of Scientology has a history of uh, being litigious uh, and Hubbard himself was quoted once as saying that the purpose of a lawsuit is not to win, but to, I think he said, to uh, harass and intimidate your enemy, something like that. Hmm. So, yeah, they, they will routinely uh, hire private investigators to go after you. They will infiltrate your organization. Uh, Mary Sue Hubbard, the wife of L. Ron Hubbard, who was the head of what was called the Guardian's Office, and ele- I think it was 11 other Scientology executives were sent to prison because it was uh, that it was uncovered that they had infiltrated the IRS, the FBI, and a number of other uh, in the U.S. and actually international uh, uh, government organizations and law enforcement organizations to uh, basically subvert any kind of operation against Scientology, uh, any kind to to steal documents and, and just wiretap and all kinds of things that they were found guilty of. These are mafia uh, tactics, himself, aren't they? These are uh, mafia tactics. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hubbard himself was, was uh, an unindicted co-conspirator, but he never, he never was charged, never went to prison, but his wife certainly did, and, uh, and other Scientology executives. So, yeah, it, it's what happened with us. We've been sued uh, twice by the Church of Scientology and threatened with many other lawsuits. Uh, we were one of the lawsuits. We were sued for nine and a half million dollars uh, because that's how much damage they claimed that we had done to the wow. church. 
and um, part of the part of the threatened lawsuits were because they 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 thought that we had copies of this operating Thetan top secret documents, and um, they they gave us uh, they notified us that we had like I think ten days or something to turn over all copies and to confess our crimes and things like this. And <laughs> the funny thing was our attorney. Our attorney responded back and said, well, you know, where do we have these which offices at our, our Birmingham office, our Texas office, is it our uh, Chicago office? You know, where, where is this? And we immediately got a response. It's the Texas office, fifth door on the left, 15th filing cabinet, second drawer. Whoa. And that's exactly where we had the documents. So, so how- we had we received these anonymously. And, and to be honest with you, David, I, I, I questioned whether they could be legitimate because they sounded so ridiculous. Wow. We just put them in the file. It turned out that somehow we got infiltrated. I don't know how. Um, possibly they put some spies in our janitorial service. I really don't know. But they knew exactly where these documents were. They threatened us with another lawsuit over this. And and and, and part of that was that OT3 that you quoted in yeah. the previous segment, which is they did not want this seeing the light of day. They did not want this information coming out. And so, so yeah, they, they, they mean business. So uh, how could a religious organization be involved in ecclesiastical espionage? I mean, they're planting spies. We yep. got infiltrated. In another operation, uh, a woman calling herself Laura Terrapin, that was not her real name, we did discover her real name later, claimed to be a survivor of a cult in the Dallas area. She infiltrated our Birmingham office uh, as an operative of the Church of Scientology, getting information that she could use against us and and sending that information back to the Church. So, again, this is something that... uh, as I as I told Mike Mike Render, I said it's 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 groups like this that give cults a bad name. Yeah, <laughs> I've, had, I've exactly. had experience with all kinds of religion, Islam and and Mormonism and and Buddhism and and even even involved in research in the area of the occult, and never has any have any of these organizations been like the Church of Scientology. They are ruthless. Well, Mike Render in that interview said he, he experienced that hiring people going to go out and spy and infiltrate organizations to really bully even the government and he says that's one of the reasons that's one of the ways they use the uh, janitorial services or cleaning services or people that come in and do maintenance in these businesses or ministries or, or someone that they're trying to infiltrate that's how they get in so render assumed that's what they did with you guys but he he talked about them being upset about OT3, and I'm just reading from your email that went out uh, last week, I believe, the OT3 account of the evil intergalactic tyrant Xenu and the alleged source of wicked spirits known as body thetans. So, again, let's go back to some of the terms and define them, um, James, body thetans. So thetans are like souls or spirits? What are yeah, body thetans? These body thetans are the souls or spirits of these evil aliens that were nuked by Xenu okay. uh, millions of years ago on the Hawaiian volcano. So, so bottom line is when these alien criminals were destroyed, their thetans, their spirits, continue to be in the atmosphere of planet Earth, and they can attach themselves to – this is what Scientology says – 
they can attach themselves to, to us today. So even after you've been cleared in the lower level Scientology, your much more serious problem is you've got these body things, which to me it almost smacks of like demon possession or something. You've got these evil spirits that are attaching themselves. They have to be cleared through this much more expensive and complex type of auditing, solo auditing that takes place at the, on the bridge to total freedom. And so that's, that's again, most Scientologists have not gone on the bridge to total freedom. You know, they, they've, they've been cleared or they're working on lower level. They're PC, they're pre-clear. Mm. So they don't even know about this, what a body phaeton is. Yeah. That's also proprietary information. Okay. And so, so yeah, it, it's, if, if one of our, if, if any of Scientologists are listening right now and they have not done the bridge to total freedom, they think we're making this up. Because they've never heard any of this before. Yep. Oh, but I, it's actually true, and you yep. will get it on the upper level. Yep, and I've heard it when we were watching uh, Leah Remini's series, and when her and Mike Rinder were talking about the bridge to total freedom, talking about going clear, talking about these auditing sessions. Um, and so, according to Scientology, man is at the core of his being a Thetan, T-H-E-T-A-N. Um, we know that we are spirits, souls, our souls live forever, the body dies, goes in the ground, that's physical, but we do have a spirit. So there's a, there's a similarity there in what we teach about the spirit and the soul, what they teach about being a Thetan. Um, we're going to talk about con- contrasting Scientology with Christianity when we come back with James Walker of Watchman Fellowship. Please check out the extensive website, watchman.org. And go to the YouTube channel. You gotta watch this interview with Mike Rinder, Escaping Scientology. That's at Watchman Fellowship on YouTube. We'll be right back on Stand Up for the Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up for the Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. So, James Walker, um, we don't have time to cover everything, all the aspects, all the beliefs of this philosophy, this worldly philosophy that Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 warns believers to don't be held captive or taken captive by worldly philosophies. Well, a lot of people who are in or were in Scientology were really taken captive, and I mean literally. We don't have time to talk about it, but explain just I was watching the Leah Remini series years ago and the interviews that she did with former Scientologists that escaped talking about the sometimes physical but the spiritual and mental emotional abuse and the control methods that they use to keep people there. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, you're, you're so isolated, especially if you're part of the Sea Org, and this is your you're, you're working you know sixty hours a week, and and all your fr- contacts. You don't have any outside contacts, family or friends, for the most part. And so, what what happens is you're threatened that if you if you begin to have doubts or questions, you you, you complain about anything that's going on. Uh, then what's going to happen is you're you're going to be cut off from your friends and your family. And so you're not going to have any contact with your family anymore. And this is what breaks the hearts of people that, uh, you know, Mike Rinder talks about not having, being able to have any contact with his children anymore mm. since he left the Church of Scientology and they're still in it. And he's been declared suppressive. And once you're declared, you can't have any contact. So it's, it's a leverage point. It's a control 
that they'll have, and, and it, it, it's just will break your heart to hear the stories of yes. the people who have lost friends, lost family, mm-hmm. in some cases uh, been imprisoned uh, by the Church of Scientology. And uh, the executives are not exempt from this. So Mike Render himself was put in what they call the hole at the end base in California, which is functions like a prison with maybe about uh, a dozen or more uh, other Scientology executives. You're talking about you know, vice presidents of, of, you know, departments and, and, uh, you know, major international uh, executives. Mm. So the average person is really helpless when they are in this thinking that they, there is no escape, but yet some people somehow get out, but it, it's at a great cost because as you said, they, they can lose family members. Um, and a lot of cults operate that way. So it is heartbreaking, friends. Um, I would encourage you to go look up an episode or two of that uh, Leah Remini series. Um, so now let's contrast these two, uh, James. Uh, the Christianity, which is the truth, based on Jesus Christ and Scientology. Um, over on your website, Craig Branch states, uh, talking about bizarre doctrines that can be really what we would regard as doctrines of demons. He says, quote, claiming to be compatible with Christianity and respectful of Jesus Christ, they write, quote, Scientologists hold the Bible as a holy work and have no argument with the Christian belief that Jesus Christ was the Savior of mankind and the Son of God. There are probably many types of redemption, end quote. And Craig Branch writes, all this is subterfuge. None of it is true. In reality, Scientology is very alien and hostile toward Christianity. Hubbard's many taped lectures, thousands of policy letters and directives, and the so-called secret or hidden teachings in the upper-level courses provide ample evidence Scientology's duplicity and its true beliefs about Christianity. So that was Craig Branch. And explain to us a few more basic uh, facts how of how it's different, if much yeah. different. In, yeah, one of one of the examples is that in in OT three, I believe it is, you, you learn that one of the things Zenu did, this evil galactic uh, warlord, uh, is that he took these alien thetans, these spirits of these uh, these criminal aliens, and implanted false ideas in their mind. And one of the false ideas that he implanted in their mind was the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Wow. So, you know, it, it's not neutral when it comes to uh, to uh, to Christianity or any religion. It, it is a competitor to Christianity. And again, in Christianity, we, we, we'd agree with Scientologists that, that, that there's more to the to humans than just the physical. There is a spiritual reality. Mm-hmm. And that um, humans will live forever spiritually, uh, so we agree with that. Uh, the difference is we believe that the main problem is sin that we that we've broken the law of a righteous, holy God, and that the solution to that problem is forgiveness mm-hmm. from God through the death, burial, and resurrection of His Son Jesus Christ, and that's our gospel. They would say that the main problem is engrams or these uh, bad experiences that have been planted in our minds, uh, in our reactive minds, and that the solution is clearing mm. through Scientology uh, counseling that's known as auditing. So it's a totally different gospel than the yeah. gospel of Christianity. It's not compatible. So Christianity is an implant, which is to them a painful 
uh, and forceful means of overwhelming a person with false concepts to, in order to control or suppress him. That's from Dianetics and Scientology Technical Dictionary, page 206. Um, really amazing um, when you, when you step back from this and take a, a broader view of this, James, of how just amazingly just opposed to Christianity, Scientology is, and yet they, they claim to be um, tolerant. But what would be another thing? Obviously, creation, we already talked about. Their belief in creation was the, the exploding volcanoes and the aliens and all that coming to Earth. So we believe in a very different, we go to the book of Genesis, obviously, that's our understanding of origins. What are some of the other main beliefs as far as maybe salvation or forgiveness? Is that going clear? Yeah, it's it's difficult to really pin it down uh, because Scientology doesn't really have a clear teaching about even if there is a God. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, it kind of reminds you of Buddhism. So there's this idea of reincarnation, but whether or not there's a God or whether, whether or not there's a personal God, uh, is certainly uh, left open to interpretation. It's up to the individual Scientologist to determine that. So uh, there's certainly, uh, I think everyone would agree, there's no emphasis on God and, and certainly no, no uh, encouragement to have a personal relationship with a personal God. Mm-hmm. That is not the focus of, of Scientology. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 the idea, the ideals of Scientology is that, that humans are, the, the human race is, is in big trouble, and the only possible solution to the, the um, preservation of, of humankind is to clear the planet. And Scientology is the only hope that we have, and if for some reason Scientology fails, all mankind is doomed. Mm. Wow. Um. There is a book, um, what was that called, Going Clear, Scientology and the Prison of Belief. I don't remember what year that came out. 2015. Mm -hmm. And um, the book states that um, Scientology's clergy were formed as a response to investigations. And Scientology blackmails its members with private auditing sessions, which we, we described already. Uh, talked about L. Ron Hubbard's life built on a series of lies and bullying, and he sent letters about Dianetics at one one point to the American Psychological Association. Um, so this is this doesn't have a solid foundation of truth. It's it's built on lies, deception, and fiction or psychology. Is it not? Yeah, yeah. Well, it started. You know, Dianetics was a precursor for Scientology, and its subtitle is "The Modern Science of Mental Health." It was originally an alternative or a competitor to psychology and psychiatry, and especially like Freudian psychology. So mm-hmm. this was a competitor idea, uh, and and I think Hubbard himself thought that that maybe it would be embraced by the mental health profession, but it wasn't. They they saw through it right away. And so uh, the other problem that they had is early on, uh, if it's a mental health, uh, uh, if it's a mental health practice, then you are practicing mental health without a license. And so you cannot practice medicine or practice mental health if you're not a licensed psychologist or psychiatrist. And that's exactly what they were doing. The Food and Drug Administration got involved. The e-meters were claimed to be unlicensed um, uh, you know, medical devices. 
and and so quickly uh, Hubbard pivoted around to make it not mental about mental health, but make it a religion. Mm-hmm. And after a decades long battle with the IRS about being a, a tax exempt religious organization. They finally won that battle under very questionable circumstances. And uh, so today, at least in the United States, they are recognized as a religion by the IRS. Which is really astounding in a way, but their practices are religious. And uh, um, I want to go back to something Mike Rinder also talked about, um, high crimes, uh, suppressive persons, people that, that speak against Scientology, people that that leave or maybe testifying against Scientology in public, uh, writing a letter that even just talks about the truths of what they went through to, to Scientology, that's going against Scientology and giving evidence to the press. These are things that um, we don't understand. They have a different definition of high crimes. Could you touch on that briefly, James? Yeah, uh, basically it goes back to the Scientology ethics, and they talk a lot about ethics. Uh, but the ethic is basically anything that furthers Scientology is ethical, regardless of the means, and anything that may hurt or damage the reputation of Scientology is unethical. And this goes back to that more fundamental belief that Scientology is the only hope for humankind. Mm. So when you're hurting Scientology, even unintentionally, you are possibly uh, uh, going to destroy humankind because you're hurting Scientology. So anything that helps Scientology is ethical. Anything that that, uh, slows down or forbids Scientology is unethical. And that is the the way that every – that's the lens through which they see all good and evil. Mm -hmm. Does it help Scientology or hurt Scientology? Don't – most cults operate – the same way or similar ways, and most actually, uh, yeah, they do. Um, it, does it help or hurt? And then they use any means necessary. And we've, I think we can kind of point people back to the idea of the fair game uh, philosophy that they have, correct? Once you're declared suppressive, Hubbard uh, had this doctrine, uh, fair game, that it was that you could lie, cheat, steal any method to, to damage that person, to destroy their reputation, to get them fired, whatever it took to silence that critic is fair game because it's ethical because it helps Scientology. And so, yeah, and, and, and again, uh, Mary Sue Hubbard went to prison along with uh, about a dozen other uh, high Scientology executives because they were caught doing this on a massive level, high-level government uh, uh, agencies, including the IRS. Mm. And so you had that, and you had uh, operation, you, you had, uh, they uncovered information in raids that, that, that uh, the U.S. government did on the Churches of Scientology uh, offices, that they would actually take critics and manufacture evidence against them yep. and frame them. And so, you know, all this is out now. The, the, the church currently says, oh, well, those were some rogue operatives, and that's been cleaned up now. Everything we do is totally ethical. And, well, it is ethical if you interpret ethics of something that helps Scientology as ethical. Mm, okay. uh, and so that, that's, again, understanding what they mean by that language. 
So in the last couple minutes, James, um, Mike Rinder was a f- the former head of Scientology's Office of Special Affairs. He was uh, one of the key uh, get, what, what enforcers, if you were to use mafia terms. He was one of the chief public protectors of the cult and of the controversial leader, David Miscavige. So what we talked about right before we got on the air, let's share that f- and with our listeners a few minutes, that God somehow got Rinder out of there. He was able to leave, and so that tells me that God can reach or rescue anyone and uh, share that that gives hope to others. Well, and I apologize to Mike Rinder during my interview with him because in all of our run-ins with Scientology, all the lawsuits and things that we were going through at the time, I don't remember that I ever thought to pray for him Mm. you know i I never in my wildest dreams thought it would be possible for mike render to leave the church of scientology so maybe i failed to pray i probably prayed to failed to pray for him for that along those lines and so it's uh you know theoretically i knew that god can reach anybody he can reach (laughs) a Saul of tarsus uh, for the gospel but that was in theory i I didn't believe it would actually happen Mm. so mike's not a christian right now we talked about that at the end of my interview and uh, he but he is definitely open he's not closed that door to the possibility of jesus christ and so I would encourage our listeners, if you could take some time to pray for Mike Rinder. And uh, he went from the top echelon of Scientology leadership to out now, to being repentant, to Mm. trying to undo the damage that he did. Mm. And uh, we want to pray that he can be open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes, he, Leah Remini, so many others who are exposing this and getting the truth out. And by the way, didn't he go to a Baptist church in Florida several times? Yeah, a friend of mine is pastor there. Uh, And and yeah, so we, we have... Uh, 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 Willie Rice is, is a friend in common, and okay. uh, Willie and his wife, wife has had some good contact with, with uh, Mike and his wife, and so, yeah, God's working. Praise God. Keep praying for them. James Walker, Watchman.org. Thank you so much for your time today, James. God bless you. Merry Christmas, brother. All right, tomorrow, M.D. Perkins is a research fellow of a Church and Culture for the American Family Association. He will be with us. And he's got a new book out called Dangerous Affirmation, The Threat of Gay Christianity. So we'll talk to M.D. Perkins tomorrow. Um, God bless you. Thank you guys so much for sharing the podcast and for your prayers for this ministry. And remember, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.